Okay. Right now, all I care about is getting my guys out of here. Your guys? <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I can't think of anybody who could care about them more. Well, I had some free time while you were off playing Hero. Alliance Brass knew I helped you. They offered me this. And apparently the students responded well to my teaching style. The psychotic biotic! I will destroy you! Drink your juice, Rodriguez. You couldn't destroy wet tissue paper. Hello and welcome to another episode of Melgover the Podcast. I'm your host Abdullah, and and usually I would let the guests uh, make it. Uh, I would make the, I would let the guests introduce themselves, but honestly, my next guest needs no introduction. She's been in many video games and many media, and is the voice of OKKO on OKKO Let's Be Heroes. Courtney Taylor, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, um, Courtney's another one that I've been trying to get on the show for quite uh, quite a long time, and we just haven't found a good time to do it. And and uh, lo and behold, <laughs> found my opportunity. Yay! Yeah, yeah victory. Uh, first question is obviously the one you get asked a lot, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, how did you get into acting? Uh, well, I really didn't pursue anything until, I, I mean, I did a couple of things as a kid, but really didn't pursue anything in earnest until I went to college and I started an acting class, I, you know, opted to take one because I thought it would be an easy, good grade, and uh, it wasn't. Um, it was much harder than I thought, but I really loved the challenge, and so from there, I went to ACT um, and did some acting studying there, and ACT is the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, and um, kind of kicked off from there. I, I went to apply to a graduate program, um, and they said that I had a terrible voice, um, and so I went back to ACT and was very upset and um, my act, one of my acting teachers there said you should try a voiceover class voice acting class and I didn't know what that was so she sort of got me going to the right person and I just loved it from the minute I got behind the mic so it was fortuitous but not anything that I had planned <laughs> it just kind of fell into my lap and uh, you know I seized every opportunity I could to do it and it's kind of taken off from there. And what made you want to pursue it as a full-time profession? Um, it was interesting that uh, I didn't, as a kid, I had always liked to read out loud. Um, and, you know, I did skits and stuff for my mom, but we spent a lot of time in traffic in San Francisco. And so I would read books to her, uh, you know, while we were sitting in traffic. And I, I just loved that, um, doing all the characters. And then I also would sing all of the commercial jingles I saw on television. And um, it just felt like all all of the things that I loved, sort of the performance aspect, the, you know, getting to view a lot of different characters. Um, and then the actual like commercial part of it kind of covered a lot of what we do as voice actors. And so the more that I explored the medium, the more I just was like, I love this too. I love this too. Um, and it just seemed like a great fit. And uh, I booked the first audition that I went out on. So I thought there was, you know, a sign from the universe that I was going in the right direction. And um, I've been fortunate enough to get to make it my full-time job yeah i mean it's it's not an easy industry to get into as well like a lot of people think oh i i, you know, I have a great voice I'll, i can i can do voiceover no <laughs> it's not it's not as simple as that well and it's certainly not i mean this was a you know a while ago um and as more you know when i started people would be like well don't you want to be a real actor and uh and now it's actually a thing where you know people want to go into this 
Hello. Hello. Sorry about that. Uh, Hi. No, no, just keep going. Just just keep going. Oh, I just, you know, I don't know. I can't imagine what it would be like to get into it now because there's so much competition and it's so much more, you know, public facing now than it was when I got into it. It was pretty obscure. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I always tell people if you want to get into it, you know, work real hard, treat it like, you know, acting it is you know learn how to break down scenes do improv learn how to cold read you know um learn how to construct a character very quickly because the the thing about voice acting that's different than on camera acting is um it's a pretty level playing field so you can be fairly new and be reading for the lead on a series where in on camera or face acting as i call it um that would rarely happen so you know you're reading against a lot of the people that you love that already do this job so, you know, if you're just starting out, for sure, treat it with respect and work hard because, you know, if you love Jennifer Hale, chances are you're probably going to be auditioning against her at some point. <laughs> oh, and especially like it's it's scary. Like, I mean, I didn't I never really talked about it this before, but, you know, when whenever you go into any audition, you're competing against everybody. You guys are. And so, yeah, just keep at it, but treat it with respect. Yeah, great with respect. Who and and who are your main inspirations in in, in, the, in this wacky world of voiceover? Well, it's funny. I kind of you know backed up into it because I didn't know a lot. I I didn't have a lot of television um, when I was when I was a kid. So I I watched cartoons and um, I, you know I loved all of the like Bugs Bunny and stuff. Um, but I I don't have a ton of pop culture references, so I didn't really know anybody um, by name when I started. But as I got to know more people in the business and kind of got to realize what work was being done. I mean, obviously, Jennifer Hale is amazing. Um, Tress McNeil is amazing. Um, You know, I'm inspired by my girlfriends who, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to hang out with and, and, you know, kind of trade advice with. Uh, Kari Walgren is amazing. Um, And she's a dear friend of mine. And I just watch her work and I'm just gobsmacked all the time. Um, Gray Delisle is, you know, the best kind of freak of nature that she can just do anything um and then just you know for on-camera acting people I really like are Sigourney Weaver Kate Blanchett you know I think they are great actors in front of the camera but also fantastic behind the mic um Robin Williams you know people like that that can really translate back and forth I I'm always amazed at their um how facile they are in the, you know because the mediums are so different yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, a lot of on-camera people have trouble transitioning to voiceover whenever whenever they do it the first time because it's a totally different world from, you know, live action stuff. Yeah. And, well, and it's, I also feel like, you know, it's kind of like if you're, <clears throat> if you play baseball, you're a great athlete. Well, um, you know, it's difficult to switch over to football. It's a, you're a great athlete, but it's not all sports are the same. And you're sort of training to do this one thing. And so you get into the habit. Like for me, I don't have to memorize lines very often. So it's harder for me these days to memorize lines because it's not in my, you know, day-to-day work as much. Um, For them, it's, you know, they have a lot of things at their disposal to create mood and intention um, that we don't. And so a lot of it is, you know, we rely on sort of deep imagination because so much of the time we work by ourselves. Um, And that's a skill that you have to learn because, you know, in an acting class, you're going to be, for the most part, acting with somebody or using props um, and having, you know, a a literal environment around you, whereas you have to make up all of that um, in voiceover, so in voice acting. So, uh, 
yeah, it's just a learned skill, and it's just how good you are as, you know, how much you practice. Uh, which character would you say had the most impact on your career as a voice actor? I think it would be Jack from Mass Effect. Um, <clears throat> Juhani from Knights of the Old Republic was sort of the first bigger character that I played in a game, but I think um, as far as the role that got me realizing what I had you know, I had just, again, backed into voice acting and didn't really have any friends that were in the business and didn't really socialize with people. Um, I was, you know, just kind of a homebody. And um, uh, when I realized what a big deal the Mass Effect franchise was, it changed things. I started doing, you know, conventions and I started um, realizing that people had a real affinity for that character. So not only did that happen around the time that Mass Effect 2 came out, um, but then when Mass Effect 3 came out was when I really met and started hanging out with like Jennifer Hale and Allie Hillis. So not only did it bring me professional kind of awareness of the world that I was working in, both, you know, fan facing and industry facing wise, but it also brought me some pretty amazing friends that I don't know that I would have met so quickly. And also, um, it, it really got me in touch with a lot of fans that, that feel super strongly about her. So I think she ticks a lot of the boxes as one character, whereas some of the other characters I've played might tick a few of them. But um, also for me, she she was someone that I could you know bring a lot of myself to the party. Um, she felt super easy. The writing for her, um, just the attitude, it came very easily to me. So I just have an affinity for her personally and professionally because so many great things came out of working for that working for bioware on that franchise oh yeah i mean because it's it, it's one of those things where you you, you have no idea how big there because there, there's this, this entire other world of people who not only know the voice actors by name but will go out you know out of their way looking for you know the the specific uh character and who voiced that character in that specific franchise because it means so much to them oh yeah i mean i had never been to um i had never been i, I went to comic-con and was with uh a couple of the other actors and we were walking up to a signing for bioware and i was like what are all these people in line for and they were like it's for mass effect and i couldn't believe it it was the first time i had really understood what it meant to people and i still i mean i you know we just had the 10th anniversary and how strongly people still relate to that game and their you know their stories that they created from that and the fan fiction and the artwork which is just amazing it's just been a huge um gift that keeps giving to me i'm super glad that people still love it uh, i'm always amazed when i go to uh dragon con because you know eight years after the game it's a thousand people sitting there you know in the in the mass effect panel so i i, I don't think i realized at all how lucky i was to get to work on that franchise for a while <laughs> and now it's just the gift that keeps on giving i i have amazing conversations with people about her little girls big girls guys um i think she helped change to the sort of you know she moved away from being from having women be a certain way in games i think she kind of helped reinforce a different type of woman that was awesome besides what we had seen many times before i mean she was a perfect foil to to uh miranda in that in that game 
Yes. Yes. And yeah, and it's great because I, I definitely had some uh, big emotions when I was younger and it was so much fun to be able to get to just channel that stuff. She had such a great, you know, arc and she had the ability to be soft to some degree, you know, and I loved that they wrapped up her story with her getting some joy, but retaining her jackness. Um, I thought they, you know, the writers were amazing and that, yeah, she got to have humor and a filthy mouth, but also, you know, obviously kind of tough love, but love in her own special way. <laughs> um, out, of all, out of all the characters you've voiced, which would you say is your most underrated role? That's a tough question because I don't, you know, I, uh, I don't have a ton of context for characters, um, you know, as far as like rating, I don't, you know, if it's, um, if it's a game that I, you know, wish that people had paid more attention. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm super, like so many of the characters that I've gotten to do have really been kind of gems on their, in their own right, um, for different reasons. Um, you know, I wish that KO had, okay, KO, let's be heroes. I wish that had um, continued on longer than in three seasons because I felt like the show itself was kind of underrated. Um, but, you know, what what can you do? You just put all your, you know, heart and soul into it and hope that, you know, that stuff stays on the air for as long as it can. And, and it's really sweet that people still love it and are still active on social media about how much they love it and are still watching it. So, you know. No, because I, I that's probably the closest. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Uh, no, because I really enjoyed your uh, take on Doctor Poison and Wonder Woman Bloodlines. I, I thought. Thank that, you. I, I thought you know that was a that was a really great character, and I and I got sad when she got killed off at the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I um I loved that, and I actually was half of the voice of Medusa as well. They mixed my voice and Cree Summer's voice together to make Medusa's voice, and uh, so that was super fun. I I'd never done that either, and I really hope that Doctor Poison comes back because I feel like we could do her more justice, give her more screen time in another iteration. So. I, I'm I'm really hoping they pull a Jennifer Hale and just have you come back as Doctor Poison for future installments and in other in other incarnations of the character like they did with uh, Killer Frost. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I love I love the difficult characters characters. So you know, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was great. Um, what what advice would you give to anybody who was interested in getting into voiceover? Well, um, I definitely uh, I'm trying to change the concept of voiceover into voice acting. Um. And I would say if you want to get into because voiceover seems to me like that could be, you know, just a, an infomercial or, you know, and not that that stuff isn't acting. I think we all act every day, all the time, but um, to, to explore all of the areas of voice acting, there's so many different areas to pursue from audiobooks to video games, cartoons commercials um promos and trailers i i sort of touched on it at the beginning of our interview but you really do need to understand that for the most part the people that are most successful in are people who are actors first and foremost and who can break down scenes who can analyze characters who can do all of the things that people who do on-camera acting do but without all the 
and that so much of the time we are working with limited knowledge, limited time. So do your research outside of the booth because you're not going to have time to do it in the booth. Nobody's going to hold your hand, you know, and, you know, gently wade you in there. You're going to get thrown into the deep end of the pool. And, you know, you may show up one day and have somebody say, okay, great. We need to do this. Uh, you know, we want our Scottish or German. You have to have worked on those things beforehand. Um, you know, so, so much of what we do is outside of the booth is that studying. I still take classes. Um, I still work with coaches. I'm always trying to get better with accents and dialects and, um, you know, you just, you really do have to make really snap decisions on things. So, you know, learn to cold read, you know, if you're not a good auditioner, figure out what it is that you need to do to bring life to this stuff, because you really just don't have very much time to get people's interest. And unlike, um, you know, going in and auditioning in front of somebody, so much of what we do now is just, it's wing it, you know? Yeah, because it's it's um, it's just too much competition, and you know, people who are really serious. There are people who you know you hear their names all the time: Steve Bloom, Jennifer Hale, Dee Bradley Baker, Kari Walgren. Um, these are people who have grown up. You know, uh, Gray Delisle is a Grammy Award-winning singer. Um, these are people who have been doing voices and ventriloquism and acting and theater and one-person shows and singing in bands, you know, performing in front of people their whole lives or much of their adult lives. So to think that you can, you know, jump in the booth and just because you've got a, you know, great voice, your mom tells you you have a great voice, you know, I don't, you have to just be really aware of the competition and who's doing this because that's who you're auditioning against. And it's scary. It's scary to think that, you know, you go in there and you're auditioning against like some, the best of the best this business has to offer. Well, it should be, you know, inspiring, hopefully. I mean, I think, uh, I think the beauty of get into it today is that you have so many resources at your fingertips. You can go on YouTube, you can listen to native speakers, you can study with some of the best of the best. You know, if you're not here in LA or New York, you can, you can Skype coach with these people. I mean, I kind of pulled it all myself. I pieced it together on my own because I didn't, I didn't know who did this work before I started doing it. And so I was just kind of getting any bits of information, but now it's, you know, there's books. Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt have a book. They're, all the promo guys have, you know, books. There's so much information and exercises and, you know, apps on your phone so that you can warm up beforehand. This is all... <laughs> It's all stuff that, you know, wasn't available 20 years ago. So enjoy and be inspired and, you know, go get it if it's something you really want to do. Um, are you surprised at the impact your work has had on people? Um, yeah, it, it is surprising uh, to uh, – it's one of my favorite things. I'm super happy that I get, you know – good feedback, but um, I'm extremely touched when I meet people or I get letters from people or emails talking about the impact that these characters have had on them. I was extremely touched. Um, I am, I try to be very responsive on social media and I was having, you know, um, conversations back and forth with someone who was transitioning and it was such a thrill to eventually them in real life at a convention uh, because they had changed their name to Serena Cortana um, because they had 
spent so much time playing Halo while they were transitioning, they had taken the AI's names as their own. And now she is Serena Cortana officially, legally. And um, it was really amazing to hear that, you know, whatever small contribution I had to that game, that she really utilized that um, to get through some really difficult times. Uh, I had the pleasure of going to RuPaul's DragCon and seeing um, uh, some drag queens talking about strong female characters in video games and how it inspired their drag and um, and also helped them, you know, sort of while they were figuring out their sexuality and how they present in the world. And it was really sweet to hear while I was sitting in the audience that, you know, some of my characters had effect on these these lovely people. So, yeah. I love it. I mean, it wasn't like it, it wasn't like um, it was. Uh, of course, every, every character is a combination of you know. I mean, it's my voice, but there are writers and developers that are making these characters totally relatable and inspirational, or you know. So it's definitely not just me. It's it's a team, but I'm happy to be a small part of it. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, what what's your least favorite role? Speaking of roles, <laughs> you know. It's it's going to sound, I mean, I say this, people always ask me this question, but there's never really, it's not ever about a least favorite role so much as, I mean, I'm never thrilled when characters rely solely on like tropes about women. And, but I see that less and less um, these days, you know, anything that's sort of where you're like, oh, stereotype, um, or that's not got a lot to work with, those things can be challenging. Um, but that's the thing is like least favorite doesn't mean, you know, I enjoy a challenge. So if, if a character is maybe not written fully fleshed out or is relying on some tropes that I don't quite gel with, um, it's my job to kind of imbue them with some of myself and some traits that maybe, you know, just haven't been fleshed out yet. So while there have been jobs that I was definitely frustrated or, uh, you know, probably weren't the most fun, I still really appreciated the challenge of kind of getting around those things or learning something new. Because um, you can't just go and kind of clock in every day is different and so you also have to be kind of ready to face those challenges and um you know working with different people and people who have different strengths so um least favorite for me is more like most challenging and um uh, and i'm always appreciative at the end of the day even if it's a hard day <laughs> of what i've learned so that i can walk into the next session and be better so that's actually good advice uh and you know what were the best and worst pieces of advice you you receive you have received as an actor throughout your career it's funny because I didn't, you know, I, again, you know, backed into this. So I, I didn't get mentored um, by anyone. I kind of showed up to Los Angeles <laughs> and waited tables and just tried as, you know, as hard as I could to, to break into the business. And I didn't have anyone kind of pointing me in any particular direction. So the advice I kind of gave myself was, um, you know, there's an exception to every rule. So why shouldn't it be me? Um, and I believe that to this day, uh, that everybody can be the exception for something. Um, and just the things that I've gathered from my friends, you know, just what I'm passing on to you guys out there is, you know, work hard, don't give up, treat it with respect. Um, I think, I, you know, I've heard a lot of, you know, I did some on-camera acting um, and that is, you know, it's not my main focus. 
but people said, you know, you're too old to do this, or people are always going to say you're too old or too young or too fat or too cute or too not cute or whatever. It's everything is just perception. Um, and everybody's got an opinion. So I treat everything kind of like the airlines. <laughs> if you call and someone won't move your flight or do what you're asking them to do, if you hang up and call back a couple of times, then sometimes you get the traction you wanted, you know? Um, but just know what you want to do. If you have doubts, you know, find whatever you're passionate about because life is just too short. And uh, and don't don't bend to anybody's, you know, if your parents don't want you to be an actor or your friends think you're this or that, like, it doesn't matter. You find your true north and let that dictate what you do. Uh, did you, did you, do you ever think voice acting will ever get the proper recognition it deserves as a profession? <laughs> well, we are trying. Um, I think we have the fans to thank for that, what we have gotten so far. And I love it when people are vocal on social media. I think uh, it's important to sort of let people know what you want to hear and what you want to see and who you want to be interviewed. And um, so the fans have a lot of power in what, you know, how we're viewed or how much kind of bandwidth we take up. Um, I think with celebrities, uh, getting involved that it's increased the profile um, but I think you know inherently because you don't see our faces I don't think it will ever be as sort of obvious as on camera acting um, for better or for worse uh, but respect wise I mean I think there's th things that you know we're working on getting SAG-AFTRA to include voice acting awards in their uh, in their awards program. Um, I think BAFTA does a great job with respect to voice acting. Um, so hopefully, you know, everyone can take a page from what they do. They give out BAFTAs. They recognize voice actors. Um, yeah. I mean, I think part of it is also having PR companies, you know, have interest in promoting voice actors and also voice actors being interested in being promoted. A lot, a lot of people really like their anonymity. <laughs> and um, so fingers crossed. I mean, I would like to see people be lauded for the work that they do. Um, we have some amazingly talented cohorts in this field and uh, they definitely deserve good pay and as much recognition as is afforded anyone else in the medium. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly do agree with you in that, you know, I'm kind of disappointed there isn't like a, you know, award for voice actors. You know, what's the best performance of the year? What's, you know, the best, you know, mm -hmm. this and that. I mean, you see it all for every other type of medium, but except, except voice acting, which I think just kind of, you know, annoys me. Well, I think, you know, if people you know, reach out to oftentimes, you know, people will say, when are you coming back in this game? And, you know, when, when is this going to happen? And I'm like, I'm not in charge. <laughs> if I was, I would be working every day, all day. Um, but you know, if you like a character, let the game company know, let the, you know, watch the shows, be vocal on social media, you know, put your money where your mouth is, you know, put your mouth where your heart is because most of these companies listen to the fans i can tell people like oh people love this thing but when they say you know hey we want more of this i mean the prime example is bioware you know changing the ending on mass effect 3 because they listen to you and respect their fans and um so i think you know viewers players gamers fans have far more power than they think um, so, you know, be vocal about what you like. And yeah, I mean, if you let SAG after know that you think that we should get awards, <laughs> um, you know, seek, seek that stuff out. Uh, and 
that's all we can really do. Uh, do you have any tips on how to avoid vocal damage? Warm up. Um, you know, vocal damage is based on around intensity or non sort of usual vocal use, right? Um, so if you're doing anything from singing to whispering to doing anything besides talking out of your natural voice, um, your natural voice print, or if you're speaking for long periods of time, you want to make sure that you take advantage of all these great apps and, you know, warm up, sing in your car. If you're not a singer, like I'm not caterwaul in your car. <laughs> Um, it's amazing how frustrating it can be when you damage your voice. I hemorrhaged a vocal cord a couple of years ago and was on complete vocal rest for almost three weeks. And it was the most anxiety ridden time of my life, not just because it's what I do for a living, but because, uh, I literally, it just, the, it was so exhausting trying to communicate without speaking. We just don't realize how much we use our voice and, um, so to, you know, go into Target to try and exchange something and have to be typing it and then everyone would think that because you were typing it or something like you couldn't, you were deaf. And I'm like, I'm not deaf. I just can't talk. I just need to, you know, I need this battery and it would just take forever. So if you've ever had like laryngitis, imagine that times a thousand and, you know, just take, take good care of your voice, warm up, cool down, read up on, on vocal health and be, you know, advocate for yourself if you're in a vocally stressful position you know nobody wants you in this business to actually hurt yourself but they're not going to know where your limits are unless you speak up for budding voice actors and people who work every day don't be afraid to say like i'm kind of getting to the end of my rope here i need to take a break it's really important because if you don't advocate for yourself no one will um and if you had the opportunity to voice any existing character in any established franchise who would it be and why oh it has to be an established fr i mean <clears throat> I love uh, <laughs> I love American Maid from The Tick, uh, Scarlet Witch. Um, I would love to play a female Loki. Um, so that's not really pre-existing, but I feel like it should be out there. I love uh, you know cross-play for characters. Um, so yeah, probably female Loki because I love the naughty characters. Oh, with you know, and obviously with a great backstory, right? So um, nice to have that depth, but also be able to just be an asshole. <laughs> I mean, isn't isn't Enchantress basically just a female Loki? I mean, from the yeah, but she's not. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen that much. Uh, I haven't seen that much of her. But I just feel like you know, I love that Loki is really just naughty instead of uh, you know. I I I feel like Enchantress is really dark, and he is too. But there's that kind of snarky, puckish side of him that has always. Um, I think they need to probably make Enchantress a lot more vocal. <laughs> <laughs> from what I've seen. I mean, Kari Walgren was Kari Walgren was great as Enchantress in Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. <laughs> that was a great role for her. Yes, I'm. I'm thinking about you know. I'm thinking about the stuff that I've seen on on camera wise. Um, but yeah. I'm a big Loki fan. I'm going to stick with female Loki. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have like a, a, and a lot, helmet. Like the, yeah. And the horns. And yeah. I also love Hela. So there's that if they ever want to, you know, uh, they did, do a whole. They did bring back Hela uh, in, in Guardians, uh, the animated series, and she was also voiced by Carrie Walgren. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's this is the problem with being friends with Carrie Walgren. <laughs> She's amazing, and she's amazingly talented, and you know. So uh, I'll have to go and listen, see what she did. I mean, it was it was it was similar. It was a similar take to, to her Enchantress, but different. Um, and she's real good, like 
again, that was a was a ventriloquist and a singer and musical theater actor from a very young age. So she's a prime example of people in voice actors who have a wide breadth of knowledge and uh, a ton of talent, but also finely honed craft. Uh, she got the magic. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and the final question is: Can you give us an update on any stuff that you can, that you're currently working on? Well, um, let's see. The Outer Worlds just came out. If you haven't played that, um, it's hard for me to talk about stuff that is coming up because most of the time, as you know, we have NDAs, which is no fun. Um, but I just did a, an episode of Mama Named Me Sheriff, which um, is like Will Carsola and Mark Brooks. Um, so if you like Mr. Pickles, Trip Tank, stuff like that, um, that was a lot of fun. And it was a different character for me. Um, what else do I have coming out? Not much that I can say. Um, you can find me in the new Star Wars game. You can find me in, I'm trying to think. This is always so stressful for me because I'm like, is it out? Can I say? Uh, um, let's see. Well, you can still see OKKO, OK Let's Be Heroes. And um, also, there's Wonder Woman Bloodlines, as we discussed. And... Um... Death Stranding. You can. <laughs> I have a couple of tiny roles in that, but if you're uh, if you're good, you can probably hear me if you got good ears. <laughs> but um, I do have an animated series that I'm working on that's gonna drop soon, hopefully, and some pretty cool games in the can. So you can follow me on Twitter at Courtney Taylor um, and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, that's usually where I, you know, as soon as I can say something, that's where I'll say it. So uh, thanks so much for taking the time off to do this. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and uh, I hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, I'd love to have you back on. Thanks. Thanks again. Maybe I'll make it out there someday. <laughs> we can do it in person. <laughs> Well, I mean, if the if the con organizers here cared about voice acting, you would you would have been here a long time ago. Man, I gotta I gotta get some tips from Dave Benoit. He always gets to go over there. I'm like, what? So that's the other thing. You can also hit up people's con reps and all that good stuff to get them out there. So I'm gonna come. To, I'm gonna make it on my to do list to come to Kuwait. How about that? <laughs> I mean, we have, we, you know, we have two cons uh, coming up next year. So, you know, reach out to them. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to call and harass them and, and you guys too. So I get to go to Kuwait. Everybody who's listening, find out who, where these cons are. <laughs> get Courtney to Kuwait. <laughs> Thanks again. It'll be my vacation. Thank you so much. Have a great night. <laughs>